Welcome to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast, where we discuss all things human design and how it can support you and your spiritual journey. This is not a one-size-fits-all podcast. We are here to inspire awareness about how we are all different and help you answer the questions of who am I? What am I here to do? How am I here to do it? You can thrive and live the life of your dreams just by having awareness of your true self. So dive deep with us, get inspired, and start living your life on purpose. Hello, and welcome back to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast with your host, Dana and Shayna. Today, we are recording an episode about sympathy versus empathy. This is an idea that's been coming back to us in the last week or so because we did a post on Instagram this last week about how it feels to be around the other types. And, you know, it really sparked a lot of conversations with us and with you guys, all of our followers on Instagram, about um, what it feels like to be around other people in general, the way that other people move you. And, you know, we got a lot of questions about that that kind of inspired us. We wanted to dedicate a whole episode to this topic. Um, And, you know, some of the questions that we got from people, they really were great questions that we wanted to kind of share. You know, someone talked about being a projector and said when they are around a manifesting generator, it kind of makes their, their body feel really nervous. Like it's too much energy, energy over overload. And that doesn't really happen for them when they're around pure generators or even manifestors. It's like specifically mangens. And that's a really interesting question to us. And it sparked a lot of like thought process for us. And, you know, it is, it is in the end that we are each designed to take in other people's energies in your undefined centers, but also in your undefined gates. So even if you had all nine of your centers um, defined, you're still taking in energy from other people in those undefined gates. And, you know, we're meant to kind of interface in this way. When we're around other people, we're meant to exchange energy. Some of it we are giving, some of it we're taking. So if it ever feels bad or scary for you to take in someone's energy, um, there's obviously something off there. And this person that we were, you know, messaging with, that's a projector, they were saying, you know, I have, have experienced a lot of burn burnout. I do feel like my nervous system is kind of shot, like stuck in that fight or flight stress response. And I'm definitely tr- working on healing that. And I think that that's a really important thing to share. You know, anyone who, even if you're a generator and you've really, you know, you have maybe an undefined route and you've been overworking your yourself and you just have adrenal fatigue and you're super tired, it can feel really overwhelming and intrusive to be around anyone else's energy. It just feels like I'm not whole in my own energy field in this moment and I don't have space to take in other people. So, um, you know, in the end, we're really designed to have that space and that can only happen if you're taking care of yourself. Yeah. And I think that it's important to note that, you know, it all starts with your own awareness, having awareness around what your energy is and how your energy operates, what your open centers are and how they are designed to operate. Um, when you know who you are and how you operate, that's really the key to being able to feel other people in a way that doesn't feel intrusive or overwhelming or um, exhausting. So it really does start with knowing yourself. Um, and I'm excited to do this episode because knowing these different centers, there's a really fine line between 
sympathy and empathy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get confused sometimes, especially if we don't have that awareness. So um, I feel like a lot of times we get questions, you know, around, well, how do I protect myself from other people? Or how do I, you know, I don't know, not, I'm open emotional. How do I not take in everyone I feel trampled on? And I think that the, that feeling of being trampled or feeling like you have to protect yourself comes from not knowing what, who you are and how your energy operates. And you're not able to create healthy boundaries with that awareness because Mm -hmm. it is all about having those boundaries and they're subtle boundaries. Like we talk about in the boundaries episode, um, where it's not saying, oh, I'm not ever seeing this person because I feel exhausted around them. It's instead saying, oh, this is how my energy works. This is the highest expression. This is the lowest expression. Let me hold awareness for what's mine. Mm-hmm. And that awareness alone creates this subtle boundary that allows you to not be so trampled on by other people's energy mm-hmm. um, if you're really empathetic. So um, there's there's so many things things that came up this week of people asking, you know, questions like this, like somebody else said, you know, um, I've never met any aligned projectors. And that comes from not necessarily, I mean, there's, there can be obviously, you know, the people around you um, are out of alignment, or they're not honoring their designs, they don't know that they're projectors, things like that. But it also probably mainly comes from not knowing how to honor your own design. Because when you are honoring your design and doing your daily practice and listening to your body, you will start to notice that your magnetism is increasing and you are attracting to you the right people and the right places that um, are going to be up-leveling you and are the healthiest connection for you. So your life really does start to create itself. Your dream life, I should say, starts to create itself when you are doing your daily practice and honoring your design. And then the people around you, you'll start to see come in as being really aligned people. So if nobody around you is aligned, it's probably because you're not using your strategy and authority. And that sounds like harsh to say, but it's true. So that's why we created these these videos. And I'm not, I'm like, plugging these videos and I don't mean it to be sound like a plug, but it really is why we created these videos because not knowing what your daily practice is, is like, what's the point of human design? If you don't know how to use it, right? If you don't know how to actually every single day, okay, what do I do to honor my design? That's what these videos really highlight. And they tell you, this is how you find alignment. This is literally what you do when you wake up in the morning and every moment after that. And that's going to increase your magnetism. So that way you can change the job that you hate and have the friends around you that you love and find the right people that really like up level you and change your whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's so important to do. So if you haven't watched those videos or had a reading from us, you can find them on daylunalife.com. And um, it is the stuff that we talk about in the first half of any reading that we've done. Mm-hmm. And we just decided, you know what? People are waiting months for this information and they need it today. So let's record as much as we can in some videos for people to connect with and start actually changing their life. So yeah. if you're like, nobody around me is aligned, it's always going to come back to okay, am I aligned? And what's my daily practice? Because that's going to attract those people to you. That is so true. And, you know, no one's perfect. Like, no one is perfect. All of us have experienced 
times when we're out of alignment. For some of us, it's years and years and years, like myself included in that. And it's interesting, you know, when you are doing your daily practice and finding that personal alignment, everything else, the more nuanced things in your design start to kind of click into the highest potential. And they're just naturally sort of working in that way, whether you have the awareness or not. So sometimes we get caught up in the details of our design, the small nitty gritty, and we're trying to figure that stuff out. And we're missing the most important, powerful, like fast track shortcut, which is just living your strategy, like genuinely living it every single day, doing that daily practice. And, you know, it's funny in our own journeys, like we're going to dive into the open centers or the, you know, some of the really powerful open centers and talk about what that feels like to take in other people in that space. And, you know, what it feels like from a point of having that defined versus having that undefined, that sympathy versus empathy. We're going to get into all of that stuff. But I just wanted to say that, you know, this last week we recorded this episode with Spirit Sis um, talking about intuition. And Shana and I were saying that we have an undefined spleen and Steffi has a defined spleen. And Shana was saying that, you know, at other points in her life where she really didn't have awareness of how her energy worked, that she was would take in people's ailments with that undefined spleen and literally feel like brain fog from someone that she was working with or a knee ache from someone that she had been around. And, you know, without that awareness of how the center works, but also without awareness of the fact that she was a projector and this is how her energy works, it's like sh- it really affected her to take in those things in a negative way because she held on to them because she didn't have that awareness. And so many people this week that we did readings with were like, Shana, I'm so sorry. I have a neck ache. Like, I'm not, I don't mean to give it to you. Like, I feel (laughs) guilty. And we were like, oh my God, no, no, no. It's like not what we meant at all by saying that. Like, how many people said that to you this week? I I would probably (laughs) say probably 50% of the readings we did last week. Um, where everyone was like, oh, I just, I forgot to tell you, my knee's been really hurting me. So if that <laughs> happens to you later, like, you know, it's me. And honestly, like, I appreciate the heads up because yeah. it's, I, it, it allows me to release it a lot faster mm-hmm. because then I'm like, oh, this was coming from her. Cool. I'm sending healing vibes and I can really let it go a lot quick, a lot more quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but it, it's, it's so funny because um, kind of like what you were telling me earlier is that you know we're meant to feel people like it's an honor to feel you yes yes like that's how I genuinely feel yeah and I love this like new paradigm like aware woke world we're moving into of I can give you a heads up about what's going on with me and I don't have to have blame or you know guilt around it so you know even with having an emotional wave it's so important to be able to tell your friends and family like hey just a heads up I'm on a low in my wave today and you know the other people are like okay cool awesome you know there doesn't have to be this guilt this heaviness like I feel bad for just simply existing and the fact that you're going to take me in so we're going to talk about that stuff when we get more into the centers but you know in my own journey with having a an undefined spleen it's been a really big part of my life is is taking people in in that way because for a projector I actually have a lot of definition I only have three centers that are undefined but I have triple split definition so those three centers that I take people in like I really take them in and it conditions me a lot and you know when I was growing up I have a completely undefined spleen so does Shana so completely open no gates at all and when I was growing up my brother had cancer and was living in the hospital for you know 
months at a time. And I was probably like four or five and I would go into the hospital to visit him with my mom. And I just remember feeling so overwhelmed, like so heavy to be in the hospital and to see the other kids that were in their beds and sick. Like I just, I was so sensitive. Like I would cry sometimes for like an hour afterwards and I just couldn't shake it. And like, even from such a young age, like I really remember feeling like, doesn't everyone feel like this? Because I feel like it's almost unbearable for me to be around all of these kids. And so I really avoided like going into hospitals and like avoided being around friends that were sick when I got older. And, you know, I had like people in my family that were struggling with addiction issues. And I was like, I just can't even be around them. Like, I can't even talk to them on the phone because it's just so heavy for me. Like, I don't know how to shake it after I talk to, you know, my my family member that is struggling in that way. And, you know, when I was 21, my dad getting diagnosed with cancer for that first year, we didn't, we didn't really figure out yet that it wasn't like healthy for me to help him physically. So I was really caregiving for him and being around him when he was sick. Like I just took it in so deeply and like, I just felt so much like helplessness and fear and heaviness around it. And I felt like this is too much for me. Like I literally can't, I can't take this in. I don't feel safe. I have to avoid this. I have to run from it. And it felt like this looming dark like shadow in the background. And all of this was before I had any awareness that I had this undefined spleen. And I, and even though I felt these things, it wasn't really conscious. Like it was like this unconscious story of like, it's not safe to feel the people around you that are not doing well. And now that I have this awareness and I've been living by my design, I feel so freed by it. And when I'm around people that are you know, sick or dealing with something or having blockages or having addiction issues. Now, now that I have this awareness, I literally feel like it set me free. And I understand that it is such a powerful gift to be able to feel other people and to sense them. And I no longer feel afraid because I have the awareness of, oh, this is why, this is what's happening. And now I genuinely, like it almost moves me to tears to be around someone who's struggling in some way with their health because I can feel them so deeply. And I feel like, I am honored. I'm honored to feel this with you. I'm grateful. Like I am learning so much and I feel safe. I feel empowered. I feel like I'm even able to help you and to step up and to be there energetically. And I know how to shift this energy. I know how to release it. So it's just like such a powerful transformation. And it's crazy because physically I didn't change anything, you know, and you know, it's really that awareness that changes it. Yeah. Which is freaking crazy. Mm-hmm. Like it's literally insane to see how your awareness of something can literally change your physical experience. Yes. So drastically. Yeah. Um and yeah, I mean, I feel the same way with with all my open centers is mm-hmm. that feeling now that I have awareness, I'm not like swept up and totally just now that thing and I don't know who I am and all this stuff, but I am empowered and Mm -hmm. I feel honored um, to know like, wow, I freaking know that your neck hurts, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, like I know that it hurts and like, shit, I'm sorry. Like this Mm -hmm. sucks. And just honestly, even if that's all it is, right. If I don't um, 
you know, that doesn't sound very high vibe to be like, shit, that sucks. But honestly, even just that awareness yeah. of knowing I'm feeling something that you're feeling um, is amazing and it's beautiful and it's very connected and all the things. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, that's what we want to get in with this episode. And I did want to say that somebody asked this question, which I really liked, um, which was, Um, If I don't like a reflector, does that mean that I don't like myself? (laughs) And I love that question because I think it's hilarious. And, (laughs) um, you know, reflectors have all these open centers. And the, the answer that we have is yes and no. So, no, obviously reflectors can be just as out of alignment as everyone else. Um, And if you have any open centers and you sense that, you know, there maybe have some heaviness or toxicity because you have an undefined spleen or they're unhealthy with their emotions or anything like that, you know, you can definitely sense if they're out of alignment. Um, human design is never going to tell you who to like or what to like or, you know, what lights you up, anything like that. But um, on the other hand, if you don't like a reflector and you're with them all the time, every single day, then it might be that you don't like yourself. But the only way that you can know what is true is by using your strategy and authority Mm -hmm. and by honoring your design and living in alignment yourself and focusing on yourself. And when you do that, um, you'll have a very clear, clear awareness of, oh, this person's reflecting me or they're not. Yeah. Uh, my sister's a reflector and I can tell, you know, in a second when she's reflecting me or when yeah. she's reflecting, you know, someone else in our family mm-hmm. or, you know, one of her friends or anything like that. I I can sense it because I have that awareness of what my energy is. Yeah. Um, so, it's again, literally- it does come back to, to knowing yourself and knowing what's in alignment for you. It's literally like if you were looking in a mirror, but you didn't know what you would you look like, you wouldn't know that you're seeing yourself, you know? So it's like the more that you see yourself and know who you are, the more easily it is to see other people and to see the energy exchange between you and then to see yourself. So like that that multi-level awareness of being able to bring other people into your energy field and hold space for them, it can only happen when you know yourself and are navigating life in that authentic place of your energy and your overall frequency. Yes. And I did want to say that none of this information from human design is meant to be limiting in any way. It's not meant to confine you. This is a big topic that we have been talking about this week as well, which is, um, you know, one of our our clients this week is grew up in India and she's there right now. And she was telling, you know, explaining to us how astrology is really big there in their culture and um, how they, her and her husband actually grew up resenting it and feeling as if, you know, it was, it was very limiting and it held you back. You know, her brother wasn't able to marry the person he was in love with because something in their chart Um, said that basically everyone believes that if these types, these two types of people marry each other, that one of them is going to die after they get married. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, if your astrology charts didn't complement each other, then you literally could not get married to the person that you're in love with. Um, So they did feel that it was very limiting. And I definitely don't want to put words in her mouth. So I'm not going to try to like rephrase any of the stuff that she said, but it was really, um, 
it was really fascinating to us to hear this because obviously we come from this human design perspective and our perspective really is, you know, these are the tools that can help you live your highest expression, can help you to decondition, to help you live without conditioning. And if you have children, this is amazing because you can really support them in being who they truly are. Um, but of course, letting your children take the lead mm-hmm. and letting them, you know, use their authority and be the authority in their own life. So um, we really see it as this this modality that helps you to live your highest expression, um, but is not here to limit you. So a lot of times, you know, you might hear a gift that you have or, you know, a diet that you're supposed to eat and your authority, if you know your authority might say, hell no. And that's your truth. That's the highest truth for you right now in this moment. And that's beautiful. That's amazing. Um, So definitely all of these things that we talk about, it's important to have the freedom perspective. Um, I think that a lot of like older human design analysts and, you know, kind of old paradigm human design, if you will, is very limiting where, especially if you look up like old texts and even old stuff that, you know, videos of Ra, um, Ra Ruhu, the founder of human design, it's very, I don't want to say barbaric, but kind of. (laughs) (laughs) It kind of is because it's like, you know, oh, if you have this, these types of people are, you know, they suck or they this having this gift, you know, makes you very selfish and it makes you very blah, blah, blah. But that's right for them. And and, you know, he says it all like, you know, well, that's right for you. But the languaging around it is like. It's so limiting. And it's, negative. You know, this person could never be with this person because they're always going to butt heads because this one's supposed to be a narcissist and this one's supposed to be a blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it's, it's to us, it's like, that's not helpful at all. And also that's not the highest expression. Yeah. Um, so, and I think it's been he a big did, passion of ours. I think he is did. like finding that. I think Sorry, he did a lot of <laughs> I think he said a lot of those things because he has gate 51 and he was trying to be shocking to yeah. get people to awaken to these new perspectives. Like if you're not saying Which something Which was a big part of his life purpose. I mean totally. it was his life per- life purpose. So Yeah. But you and I it's like okay, that just doesn't feel right, right? And what feels right for us is explaining things in this highest expression because that's how we really see it helping people. And, you know, that's why there's so many people who need to be teaching every single modality because the right people will find you that connect with your way of channeling it, your styling of applying it. And, you know, to us, like in that same vein of, you know, astrology being limiting for people or human design being limiting and boxing people in and making you feel disempowered. We see human design as the ultimate empowerment. The thing that goes before before all else is what's right for you from your perspective when you are your own authority. That's what all of this is about. And all of the channels and gates and all of the mental concepts that are attached to it are just there to support that one main truth that everyone is their own authority, that everyone gets to be unique. And how can we support that in other people and live that our, in ourselves? And, you know, yeah. we, someone, one of our clients, shout out to Kelly. Um, she sent us an email about all of the ways that she's been able to apply human design to her two sons. Oh, and it was God. so moving and touching. And 
it all came back to, you know, what we really were curious about when we were reading it is how were her kids responding to it? And they felt, you know, she was really letting them take the lead with, you know, a two, four needing space. Like I let them say when they need that much space, I trust them. And I give them that, that setup where they know that they can be their own authority and that they're supported in that. And like, that is our life. Like that is our dream. That is our vision. (laughs) It's so fucking cool to see it being applied in that way. And really freeing people, liberating people, like that is the the reason for this from our yeah. perspective. Yeah. It's so funny because we're talking about kids and you're like, that is our fucking lives. And <laughs> somebody recently left a review on our podcast that was like, I love this podcast, but they cuss way too much and I can't listen to it around my kids. So that's really a shame. And <laughs> it's just funny because it's like, use your authority. If your authority is saying, fuck this, then don't listen. Yeah. Sorry. But also, you know, obviously like we love you and if you love the information great connect with it but um it's just so funny um I also saw a meme a meme the other day that was that said something about you know science is proving that people who who cuss more are happier and more have experienced more freedom and abundance in their life what confining themselves and I was like holy fucking shit (laughs) that's me bitches wow Um, but it's true. I mean, true. I feel that in my own life. But way off track. Point <laughs> is, use your strategy and authority. And if you're not sure what that actually looks like in your daily life, um, check out our videos because mm-hmm. they're really going to help you. And it's not the same information that we talk about in the hours of episodes that we've done mm-hmm. on each of the types. Um, it's totally, totally different and really freaking helpful. So, yeah. Um. Okay. So yeah, don't limit yourself. So let's start the episode, Hodge. Yeah. Five minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this is all everything we've talked about so far. I feel like really goes into this topic, and that's why yeah. we wanted to share these things. But the topic that we really came here to talk about is what does it look like to have sympathy versus empathy, and that's really going to come from the places where you have defined centers versus undefined centers. So I wanted to start out with these these ideas of sympathy versus empathy. And, you know, sometimes people use these two words interchangeably. So you might find other information online that, you know, talks about these words or, or interprets them in a slightly different way. But for our purposes today, when we talk about sympathy, we're saying that this is the ability to understand the feelings of another person and also to compare what they're feeling, what they're going through with something that you've been through. So it's this ability to understand someone else, right? Beautiful concept. Um, and then there's empathy, which is the ability to actually experience for yourself the feelings of another person. So both of these things are beautiful. Both of these are ways of connecting with someone else, of being moved by someone else's life experience. But sympathy has, you know, that's where you're coming from a defined center, um, which we'll kind of dive into. If you are defined in the center, you have your own consistent energy there. So you're not taking in someone else in that center. So you still are able to sympathize with someone else's energy in that center. You 
understand how they're feeling. You're open to um, perceiving it and, and thinking about it, but it's not that you are actually experiencing it in your own energy field, in your own body. That is really when you have an undefined center or a white center. That is where you are empathetically taking in another person and literally experiencing their energy, their thought process, their emotion. You are experiencing it too in your own body. So very, very big difference in those, in those two areas. And we each have all, you know, most of us have defined centers and undefined centers or, you know, defined centers and undefined gates. So all of us are experiencing both sympathy and empathy for other people. Um, and we wanted to kind of dive into what that looks like. Yeah. And honestly, I feel like the simplest way to observe empathy versus sympathy, um, even if you're not spiritual, is when you watch a movie or when you watch a TV show. Um, you know, if you are somebody who feels what the character is going through and you literally, when they cry, you're freaking crying your face off. Um you probably have an undefined emotional center. <laughs> and if you're somebody who can see somebody cry on screen and really sympathize because you've been there, felt that, you probably have a defined emotional center. And yeah. that's, you know, obviously this is a very like simplified way, but I like to observe that in my own life of even the parts of shows or movies that I'm watching where do I feel sympathy for the character and where do mm -hmm. I feel empathy? A yeah. lot of times I feel sympathy in you know, a character not being able to express themselves and talk or sh like explain themselves properly. And I feel like I would say it like this. Um, yeah. And that's because I have a really defined throat. Um, whereas if they're crying or they've, you know, lost someone, I literally feel like I've lost someone in my life and I can like cry. Um, and I observe that in Brian too. You know, I love when he cries in a movie. He's <laughs> going to kill me for saying this on here. But I do every time I look over and I'm crying and he has tears streaming too. And, and he hasn't, you know, he's sacral authority. So he has an undefined emotional center too. And I'm like, you're so fucking hot just from like <laughs> crying in a movie. I love it. But anyways. And, um, and with me having a defined solar plexus, so I have an emotional wave. When I watch a movie and something happens for someone emotionally, I can also be extremely moved and I can cry from sympathy of what that person's going through. But honestly, the things that kind of move me the most are things that remind me or bring up my own experience. And a lot of times I'm crying in a movie because it reminds me of something that I've been through. So anytime mm -hmm. that I watch a movie where someone loses a brother or a father, which I've had both, um, it instantly triggers me and I have a really big, good cry and I'm sympathizing with that person. I'm right there with them. But honestly, it's triggering my own emotional experiences and that's what's moving me the most. And, you know, if something's go if someone's going through something that I've never been through, I still am right there with them. I think it's fascinating and, and I'm really curious about how do they feel and what's that like for them? And I can still relate it back to times I felt that even though I haven't been through that situation. But it honestly, it is like the things that I've actually experienced are the things that trigger me the most and things that are so far off from anything I've ever experienced. I'm like, huh, interesting, but I'm not going to like cry for an hour and it's feel so like I could happen to me. Because I can watch like, you know, 
Lord of the Rings. <laughs> it's not anything I've ever been through. And I can just be like, they're crying. And I'm just yeah. freaking right there. Like, holy shit. I can't believe this, this happened died. to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so honestly, if you take anything from this episode, start observing when you're experiencing sympathy or empathy with movies. Because obviously with COVID and everything, we're not around as many people as we have been in general. I mean, maybe with Zoom and stuff like that. But the easiest way to do it is to observe, you know, is this sympathy coming out of me or is this empathy? Mm -hmm. And um, that can start to give you awareness of how your open centers are reacting to people um, Mm -hmm. in general. Yeah. And and we've said this many times on this podcast, um, but, you know, kind of traditional old paradigm human design, I feel like a lot of times they frame the undefined centers versus defined centers as the places where you have defined centers are your gifts and that's amazing. And then the places where you have undefined centers, watch out, that's kind of bad. And like, you have to navigate that because it's going to be really fucked up and challenging or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like a lot of times you'll read stuff that kind of says that, oh, you only have two defined centers. Like, ooh, that's really challenging. And, you know, it, it can be challenging and overwhelming depending on your conditioning, depending on what you're around, depending on your level of alignment. But we honestly see both defined centers and undefined centers as equally powerful gifts. They're just different types of gifts. So literally anyone that has an undefined center, we're like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. If you have a defined center, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Both are amazing. They're both either you're learning by teaching other people and being a way shower. So that's when you have a defined center. You are putting out that energy that's your frequency and you're still learning and growing by sharing your gifts, by changing other people. And then the places that are undefined centers, instead of being a way shower, you're more of an observer. You're taking other people in and you're learning from that and growing from that, which is also a gift. And then because you're so open and able to observe so deeply without anything blocking you, it becomes a source of discernment, of wisdom. So that discernment and wisdom and sensitivity and openness to other people is also a gift. So it's really just knowing, okay, am I a a sender of my frequency in this center or am I a receiver of other people's frequencies? And just having that awareness is super liberating, but Of course, knowing that neither one is better or worse, Um, they both have their challenges. And it's just about understanding your kind of complex uh, version. Yeah, yeah. And I do want to say, you know, because we all have a mix of defined or undefined centers, we're designed to affect each other. Like, obviously, the main thing is, is get really clear and have awareness of who you are, how your energy works, what your gifts are, what is alignment for you, because that's the only way that you can get out of um, victim mentality of other people are doing this to me. And you actually take your authority back and you take your, um, like you claim yourself and that really empowers you. But we're meant to feel each other. We are meant to, um, be like these puzzle pieces that create one puzzle, you know, we're designed to have the open centers and the defined centers that we have. We're not meant to just like only be focused on ourselves and never take in the other. So that um, kind of like friction 
that we create that we create together of feeling each other and knowing what's ours and knowing what's theirs that's needed for us to grow as a society and as a family and as you know friends as business partners you know anytime that you are connecting with another person that is the exact friction and chemistry that is needed to make that thing grow um so like Dana said in the beginning it is an honor to feel someone else when you are in alignment and that's really the goal yeah. um and even if you take someone in in a certain way and it feels like I didn't like that like that offended me what an amazing opportunity for you to do some shadow work and to ask yourself, why did that offend me to take that in from that person? Um, why did it bother me to have friction? Like friction is supposed to be healthy. We're supposed to really allow ourselves to take in other people. So, you know, if so something that you took in from someone else really felt bad for you, asking yourself why, getting curious, you know, maybe their energy is not right for you in this moment and you need to clear your energy. Or maybe their energy is triggering a wound inside of you or a shadow inside of you that you have been afraid to look at and go ahead and use that beautiful opportunity to look at it and to get curious. Why did this, why did this feel this way? Um, yeah. Or maybe that person is just not healthy for you right now and you need mm -hmm. to have a boundary. Yeah. And that's okay too. Again, listen back to our boundaries episode because we really pick apart like the healthiest boundaries for all of us. Mm -hmm. um, but that's okay too. Like we're not saying that, you know, some people out there aren't, narcissist or some people out there aren't, you know, good for your good for you right now. It's just mm -hmm. about having the awareness first and then asking those questions like Dana was saying, using your authority. Um, so let's get into some of these awareness centers and kind of what they look like, defined versus undefined. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we wanted to talk about the three awareness centers in the body graph because those are really big places that really dictate your experience of life. So those three awareness centers out of the nine centers in the body graph are going to be the solar plexus, the spleen, and the ajna. So we've kind of touched a little bit about these already, but we wanted to really dive into them so that you can look into your chart and see, okay, which do I have? Do I have this defined or undefined? And if that's the case, what does that experience look like for me? So if you're listening to this and you don't have your human design chart with you at the moment, we encourage you to bring it up so that you can see if you have these centers undefined or defined. And if you don't have your chart at all, we recommend stopping this episode and going to mybodygraph.com and entering in your birthday and specific time information so that you can generate your chart for free and follow along. So the first awareness center that we wanna talk about is the solar plexus. Um, if you have a defined solar plexus, then you create an emotional wave. If you have this defined solar plexus, then that means that you are a way shower. You are putting out, emitting a consistent frequency that is yours, putting it out into the world for other people who are open to feel and to take in. So those with a defined emotional center that create this emotional wave that are putting their energy out into the world, once again, there can be this lowest expression of that where you feel guilty for your emotions. And so many of us have been taught and conditioned to feel guilty for our emotions, to hide our emotions, to be embarrassed of our emotions, and that we are burdening other people if they accidentally pick up on either, you know, our lows in our emotional wave or our bad mood, our bad day. And it's so, so, so important to realize if you have a defined emotional center, you're designed to be this way shower. And the other people who can feel that, 
They are designed to be the, the observer of your emotional wave. We're all in this together. We're literally designed, every single one of us, to be moving towards this future where we have this emotional intelligence and emotional acceptance. And this center is actually the awareness center of spirit connection. So us embracing our emotions, allowing ourselves to be felt and to be seen exactly where we're at on our emotional wave is a part of our transcendence. It is a part of our spiritual evolution as humanity. So get rid of that guilt. If you still are carrying that guilt, like, oh, I'm in a bad mood, so I have to apologize to my friends when I speak to them. That is not true. So what is really helpful is to actually illuminate people and to share, hey, I'm in a low on my emotional wave. I have an emotional wave. This is how it works. This is how it feels. You know, for your partner or for your kids, you can explain to them, I'm just in a bad mood for no reason today, or I'm just in a high for no reason today. It has nothing to do with you, but I just wanted to let you know. So it can be super helpful to communicate that. Um, and then it creates that level of awareness where the other person it doesn't feel like it's overwhelming to sense that, or, you know, they feel like, am I crazy for feeling like she's just in a bad mood and so I just want to avoid being around her. Once you bring that awareness to the table, everything feels easier and lighter to navigate. So it is about knowing, you know, it's beautiful for you to share your experience with other people in that way. And honestly, people with an undefined emotional center, they're here to learn from your emotional wave. They're here to learn about you talking about your emotional wave, explaining how it feels. They're here to share in that experience with you. So super powerful reframe for anyone who has that defined. Really know and trust and honor that you have a gift here, that you're sharing that gift with the world. Whether it's a high emotion or a low emotion, it's still beautiful. It's still teaching us. It's still helping us grow. We need that full spectrum in order to be able to evolve as a humanity. Yeah. And if you have this undefined, you're taking it and amplifying that wave like Dana touched on here, and you still have your own reactionary emotions. I just want to be clear on that. You know, if you have an undefined solar plexus, that doesn't mean that you don't have emotions. If something good happens to you, you're happy, something bad, you, you're sad, you know, you still react to things, but you also are designed to feel the other people around you and know what it feels like to come back to your center and to come mm -hmm. back to neutral um, through your awareness. And so this topic of emotional and non-emotional, you know, letting yourself feel and be felt by others and letting, you know, yourself feel others and amplify what they're feeling Um this is probably the biggest wound we have as a collective. Um, Definitely. Because this is where, you know, we're so conditioned, especially men, to not feel your emotions at all. And if you do, then, you know, you're a pussy or mm -hmm. you're, you know, weak or that that's, you know, a woman thing to do or whatever. And all of that is just such toxic conditioning. And so... Really, like if there's one place to start, it's with letting yourself be felt if you have this defined. Yes. Um, and it's 50-50. You know, we meet with people all day long and just as many men have an emotional authority, have emotional center defined as women. It's not, you know, like oh, women all have a defined emotional center. It's not like that at all. So that's just a construct that we've, you know, laid on in our conditioning. So 
letting yourself also have the awareness that, okay, if I have this undefined, I'm amplifying, I'm feeling Mm -hmm. it really intensely. And let me not let that be scary because now that I have the awareness, I know this is someone else's and I can hold space. So I even noticed this, you know, when you, Dana, come to visit um, here, Dana always comes to stay for, you know, a week or so at a time and I'll feel before she even like gets out of the shower, (laughs) I'll feel like, oh, she's on a low right now. But I don't say anything. I just hold the space. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to like, you know, make coffee for both of us. I'm going to get everything ready. I'm going to focus on doing my own thing, give her space to just do what she needs to. And I just hold that space and I feel what you're feeling. I'm okay with feeling it. And then, you know, you always, because obviously we're both really into human design. Um, <laughs> we are. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> you always will be like, I'm on a low on my way right now. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that's great. And that's that's the goal is mm-hmm. to let yourself be felt and to, to feel others. So mm-hmm. um, really checking in, am I avoiding feeling? That's yeah. something if you have this undefined is a really good question to ask yourself. Am Mm -hmm. I avoiding feeling? Um, Another good way to stretch this is to watch shows that you know you're going to feel. So Mm -hmm. when I wasn't around people that much, and it was before we started our business, I literally watched Grey's Anatomy every single week just like for my scheduled cry. Mm-hmm. Because I don't cry <laughs> in my regular life. Uh-huh. And so I literally, I didn't even care about the storyline. I was just watching it to cry and to just like <laughs> let myself feel somebody else's emotions and like get that cry out. It felt good. So if you're like avoiding feelings, that can be another good like place to kind of ease into it um, is mm-hmm. to watch something that really moves you that you know is going to really just kind of make you cry. And let me ask you this, Shana. So with people with an undefined solar plexus, this is where you have empathy. So you are literally experiencing the feeling that someone else is feeling. You are experiencing it in your own body. So what does that look like to navigate that? And like when you're done feeling it, how do you release it? Or, you know, if you feel like you don't have space in this moment to hold it or it's not serving you, how do you release it? Yeah. So, well, what it feels like is you're feeling it more so than other people are. Mm -hmm. So if you're in a room with, you know, people who all have a defined emotional center, um, you can seem like you're the most emotional person in the room and you can feel crazy. Like I'm just in a horrible mood without this awareness. And everyone else is like, oh, I'm in like kind of a bad mood, but okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's, having the awareness of, okay, I'm feeling this more intensely than the person I'm around is, that's huge to know because you can be thinking they're feeling exactly what you're feeling. And you're like, wow, this person's really upset. And really they're not. You're feeling it more intensely, right? So that's that's important to note. And then it's about letting yourself kind of, okay, what is this teaching me? How can How am I more connected to this person right now? Mm-hmm. And then it's about letting yourself clear out. So mm-hmm. um, identifying, um, giving that love and compassion and understanding, and then even sometimes going to just go be alone for a few minutes to just come back to, okay, let me get to neutral. Let me let this go and clear it out. Um, 
that can be really helpful. Or it can be really helpful to just let yourself be in that amplified state, especially Mm -hmm. if it's a really high emotion. That can be Mm -hmm. really fun because you can be around people and you're just like, best freaking day ever. And that can be really fun and you have a blast or you can be, you know, in that low and you can get into really deep, amazing conversation where you really connect. So it's just kind of having the awareness, I guess, and then Mm -hmm. letting yourself clear out. And if you are feeling exhausted by them, having some alone time. Yeah. And, you know, clearing out, you can create your own rituals for that, but really just the awareness. We said this before, just thinking, okay, this is this person's emotion. I'm feeling it really intensely. I want to release it. Just thinking that thought will start to release the emotion. You also can use Palo Santo or Sage or use movements to like brush the energy, sweep the energy off of you. Yeah. And Um, one thing that I've noticed just saying is it's never helpful to say, I'm amplifying your emotions right now. Yeah. (laughs) I've noticed that that is never helpful because if (laughs) someone's at a low... Um, you know, you have an emotional wave. So does our best friend, Emma. And when, if you guys are both in an emotional low, you guys can just be feeling like meh. And I can be feeling like, uh, that's the only way I can explain those two emotions. (laughs) (laughs) So if I say, you know, I'm just amplifying your guys' emotions. I notice that it's, it's kind of received as like, so like okay because because you guys aren't in that as low as I'm feeling because I'm amplifying it and because that doesn't help you in any way it's not understanding it's not compassionate it's not like anything it's just not useful so I just want to throw that in because (laughs) I have observed that on multiple occasions with just not just you and Emma Avi but with you know anyone that I'm amplifying their emotions and you know we get this a lot too. Navigating your kid has an emotional wave mm-hmm. or and you don't. Or navigating you and your partner both have open emotional centers. So, you know, he feels something and then you amplify it and then you feel amplified and he amplifies that and you just keep amplifying. Yeah. Brian and I do that to each other all the time. Mm-hmm. And awareness is key. Having a little bit of alone time when you need it is key. All the things. And I wanted to say that I think that the reason it doesn't help when you have an emotional way for someone to tell you, oh, I'm amplifying your mood and it's a terrible mood, is that it makes (laughs) you feel guilty. Like, okay, I'm sorry for just being, for just being. Because, like, I didn't choose this mood. It's just here. So, and I've noticed with me and Jared, because he's undefined emotion, that, like, you know what, when I am in a low, he's amplifying it and doesn't realize. So sometimes I do tell him, I think you're just amplifying my wave. And I do notice that it is helpful for him. He's like, oh, that's what's happening. And we can kind of stop the cycle of, you know, spiraling and like me amplifying him and him amplifying me and all that stuff. Um, But it is, you know, knowing that people having that compassion for the fact that people who have an emotional wave, they're not choosing it, that it is random. And, you know, if you feel like I can't be around this, then it's time to clear it and to not be around that person instead of like staying in it and then having like resentment or judgment or blame or like if, if it's not healthy for you to feel it use that discernment and wisdom and know that you're empowered. You know, you don't have to be around that person. You can leave. You can go outside and clear your energy. Yeah. And Um, can I just say, I love giving, um, I love giving our like real life significant other. Oh, (laughs) 
<laughs> no, I oh. love giving her significant others the language, like the terms yeah. to use. It's so empowering and I love seeing them use them. I know, um, me too. It's so satisfying. And just like that, saying, you know, you're amplifying my wave. And then maybe like five minutes later, you're like, oh yeah, I really am amplifying your wave. And yeah. Like, yeah, bitch. And then <laughs> <laughs> I noticed it yesterday. Um, we were out um, having lunch with, with a friend who is already vaccinated, which I'm here for. But anyways, um, they, I, they brought up somebody who's doing really, really well. And I was like, wow, that is an expander. And they're like, a what? And I was like, oh, an expander is like somebody that, you know, you see is doing really well. And that feels expansive for you because you could see that in yourself as well. And that helps you to expand into that space. Um, and then maybe like three hours later, um, we were watching that new show on Netflix. It's like, marriage or mortgage or whatever and you have to choose between getting married or getting a house and brian was like this is like a retractor for us this is not an expander (laughs) because you're having to choose between a house or getting married like we are having both and that's an like people who get both that's an expander this is a retractor and i was like you better use that phrase just so as if it was a phrase you used every single day um anyways sidetrack again I freaking love that shit okay and I also wanted to say (laughs) I also wanted to say before we move on from the solar plexus um having that defined solar plexus that is where you have sympathy instead of empathy right so when I have an emotional wave and you know our best friend Emma has an emotional wave I can't actually feel for myself what she is feeling. I can only actually feel and experience what I'm feeling, but I can understand her. I can have sympathy for what she's feeling. And if you do have a defined uh, solar plexus, really be careful to not talk too much or put other words in other people's mouths about what they're feeling. Because really at the end of the day, you're feeling your experience. So When you have this defined center, it's really appropriate for you to talk about yourself and your experiences. But, you know, when you have it undefined, you can sometimes talk about or describe what other people were feeling. So I just wanted to say that there is kind of this fine line there. When you do have it defined, you have sympathy, you still can totally understand someone. Your heart can go out to them. You can really have that sympathy. It's beautiful and it's important to have that. Um, But just really knowing they're still feeling their own unique frequency of that experience that I can't actually label. So it's important for me to just allow that barrier to be there and respect their space instead of kind of like intruding in that over that line where it might kind of come off as repelling. Yes. Thank you for saying that, because I think that this is a place where a lot of people kind of mix up um, what they're learning in human design. And I've noticed it a lot. Um, where people will say, oh, I'm, I have emotional authority, so I really know what everyone's feeling and I pick it up so easily and I really feel it inside my own body. And that it's, it's really this nuance of you have sympathy for what others are feeling, but it's important to hold the space that you might be projecting your own emotions onto them versus um, actually feeling what they're feeling and you might have something else that's open. So you're, maybe you have an open mind and you can see their perspective. And from there you're able to know, okay, this person is thinking these things and 
I felt these things. And so I have sympathy for what they're feeling. Um, so yeah, thank you for, for pointing that out because I think it's really important to not put words in other people's mouths. Um, when you have a defined center there, um, for sure. And then, um, the next center that we want to talk about is having a defined spleen or an undefined spleen. So did you want to start us off there, Dana? Yeah. So people who have a defined spleen, once again, they're this way shower. They're putting out their unique frequency with that defined spleen. And, you know, the spleen rules intuition, but also having fears. Um, it's this spontaneous kind of instinct of, that guides you in the moment. Um and I noticed that a lot of people with the defined spleen, this is your body awareness center. So they're very connected to their body. A lot of them are very connected to the earth. Like we notice people who have a defined spleen, I can always tell because they're picking up snakes and bugs and all these things. And people with <laughs> the undefined spleen are like scared as shit of those things. So um, true. That's a blanket statement, but we see it a lot. Um, <laughs> and, you know, so with this the defined spleen, you have your own consistent way of assessing the environment around you and then knowing what should I be afraid of? What action needs to be taken? So you're really kind of assessing life and thinking on your feet, but from your own internal guidance that is consistent for you. So other people that have this undefined, they can really feel your way of being led and your way of intuitively knowing what to do or what not to do. They can feel also your fears if you're not in that place of trust and that intuition is really coming out as a fear. So it's important to know, you know, as we were kind of talking about in the beginning, having this defined spleen, you're meant to put yourself out there in that way. You're meant to be a teacher of this is how I am guided to navigate life with my intuition, with fears, with my environment around me. And, you know, when you do have something that's like a, a physical ailment or an addiction or something like that, and you know you're around someone else who is undefined in that area and that they can really feel that, once again, do not feel guilty for letting people feel you. If you have this defined, you are meant to be felt. You are meant to be a way shower. It can be super helpful to give people a heads up, hey, I'm experiencing this thing or hey, I'm going through this thing, um, which is once again, you allowing yourself to be seen, allowing yourself to be felt with no guilt, right? That's the main thing there. And then with this defined spleen, you are not able to take in other people's fears and their safety. You are only able to sympathize with what other people are feeling in that zone. So it's important to know that difference, that you are always, if you have a defined spleen, you are always gonna be guided. This is what I'm guided to do in this moment. And I can sympathize with the fact that you might be feeling something else, you might have different fears than me, but you're not actually able to feel the frequency of people. So it's really tuning in that sympathy and understanding that there could be a difference there, um, but, but holding space and knowing that in the end, you're not designed to really take in other people's fears or intuition. You are someone who is designed to get that con consistent source of being guided from within. Yeah. And I do want to say, you know, people with defined spleens are consistent with their instincts and that intuition. They're able to think a lot of times really quickly on their feet and being present is the thing that taps you into that. So if you feel like your fears are holding you back, you're here to turn those fears into trusting yourself more um, and letting that be that, that trust, that self-trust really being your guiding force. And it depends on all the gates and channels that you have coming off of your spleen. Um, to tell you, you know, what fears you're here to transcend and turn into trust and how. But um, 
you know, having this undefined. This is, you know, if you have no gates coming off of your spleen, like Dana and I, you're designed to kind of be fearless um, in your own personal life. And you're designed to feel other people's fears. Is somebody feeling scared? Are they being held back by something? Um, Are they out of alignment in some way? Are they toxic? Are they heavy? Um, And you're here to help guide them to feeling more safe or to finding more alignment or to clearing out any toxic blocks that they might have. So a lot of people with an undefined spleen are Reiki healers or therapists or, um, you know, whatever healers. Um, but obviously if you have a defined spleen, that doesn't mean that you can't be a, a healer. You 100% can. You're just here to be a way shower of what healing can look like for someone. And you can use your other undefined centers to really feel what is this person going through. And you can sympathize in this, this area of, um, intuition, fear, and instincts, um, and health. And this is a very like body conscious health center. Um, and I just want to say a really good example of defined and undefined is actually you and Jared, Dana. Um, Dana's husband, Jared, is a rock climbing guide. And every time that we go rock climbing with them, Jared is like, making sure everyone's safe. Like he's got, you know, all the gear and he makes it the safest possible. He's really just trusting his instincts. You know, let's go down this way. Let's go down this path. Let's go check out this rock. And, you know, okay, here's, I brought all the gear. I packed all the backpacks. Like he's made it all safe according to what he feels is necessary. And he is a way shower and leading it. And Dana is literally there making sure everybody feels safe literally like, oh, Shana, put your hand here and your, you know, your foot here. And then, okay, if you push up like this, you might feel, you know, a little shaky, but if you push up like this, you're going to feel really strong and like, okay, I can tell you're a little nervous. So do this and do that. And now you're going to feel safe. Or you know what, why don't you just watch this first person go? And then you're going to feel a little bit more confident doing it. And she's constantly checking in to make sure everybody feels safe. Everybody is, um, is, feeling good. Whereas Jared is making sure everybody has what they need according to what he sees they need um, versus what they feel they need. And so a lot of times Jared is at the front of the pack, like leading, okay, let's go here, let's go there. And Dana's always at the back. Like if there's any straggler, (laughs) she's like, oh, hold on. And like, she'll go back and like help them up a little area and guide them through. So I think this is just such a good example because I observe it every time we go rock climbing that you guys are just both in your zone mm-hmm. of awareness here. And it's really amazing. I love climbing with you guys because I feel so insanely cared for. Like if I have an ounce of fear, I don't have to tell you ever. You're already there, like making sure I have everything I need. And if I'm yeah. a little cold, like everything bo- body health wise, you're like, oh, I'm going to pack an extra thing for Shana because I know that she's going to feel like blah, blah, blah. Like you're on it. And so is he. <laughs> and it's freaking beautiful. And in that example, I laughed when you said I'm always at the end of the pack. I am. I'm always like, <laughs> anyways, I love that example because you can see how you can be a guide with either one of those definition yes. or undefined. Both are valuable. Both have their gifts. They're just different. So it's a really good example in that way. You can see how, you know, being a healer or, you know, an energy healer, you could have it defined or undefined. 
both are beautiful. It's just going to be a different flavor of, am I getting this intuition from me sensing you and me taking you in? Or am I getting this intuition from what I am guided towards and called towards with my own source of intuition? And I do want to say that, you know, taking in people's fears and amplifying them. A good example of what that can look like is, you know, you're traveling with a group of friends and one person with a really defined spleen is like, you know, my instincts are telling me that this is scary. And then everyone else who has an undefined spleen can feel like, oh, is that scary? Like, man, should I be scared when I travel now, when I go to this place? Or like, this person told me that this was scary once for them. So is this going to be scary when I go here? I do this. Like, you can really cling on to other people's fears. And without having the awareness that, oh, this is coming from them, their instincts in that present moment, because If you have a defined spleen, it's all about the present moment. But anybody with an undefined spleen can hold on to it for moments, like for years to come. So it's really about always coming back to you. If I'm defined, what do I feel in this present moment is needed? And if I'm undefined, am I holding on to any fears? Is anything actually happening to me in this present moment? And how can I feel what is needed? Um, based off the people around me right now in this moment. Yeah, that's such an interesting point because I notice that all the time that the fears that I'm holding on to, it's like a conditioned lingering voice in my head and it has nothing to do with this actual present moment or situation. And it's just like a story that I've put as part of like, oh, I should be afraid of this because other people have taught me that it makes me responsible to be afraid of this thing. Um, Get rid of that if you have that completely undefined. And also if you have this center undefined, and you have gates coming off of it. So we talked about this in the last episode, but you can have this undefined and then still have a couple of gates here, like hanging gates. And those can be fears that you're here to transcend and sources of intuition that you do have consistently. And you have that consistent intuition when you take other people in, in the center. And it kind of colors or filters the way that you are able to empathize and take in other people's health, fear, intuition, etc. Um, Okay, so let's talk about the last awareness center, which is mental awareness, and that comes from your mind or your Ajna center. And this mental awareness, I think, is a really powerful one to understand because, you know, we're moving into this new paradigm where we're we're redefining what our mind is really here for. And we're starting to use our body, our intuition, our authority to guide us. And we're starting to be able to kind of heal some of the downward spirals that our mind has been bringing us with anxiety and depression and and really being rigid in our thought process and not being able to understand other people, to have sympathy or empathy for other people's thought processes. So I think this is a really important one. Um, And so people with a defined Ajna, once again, they have this one consistent perspective. They have this one consistent view and they're able to create concepts from their unique perspective that's always consistent that they're here to put out into the world for other people to see and feel and hear and take in and consider. And so having this um, defined really tells you that you are here to hone your perspective over time, but you're not necessarily here to empathetically take in other people's perspectives or ideas and 
experience them or try them out for size as your own. So I think once again, this can be a really tricky one because for example, I have this center defined, Shana has it undefined. So I have literally a closed mind in a certain sense, right? My mind is closed to taking in other people. However, it's so important for me to hone my perspective, to build it, to allow it to grow and evolve. So even though I'm like close-minded where I'm not able to take in immediately other people's thoughts and perceive them as my own, I am here to develop my mind. I'm not here to just close it off and never let anything in and never grow in this area. My responsibility with this center is to grow my perspective, to sympathize with other ideas and to consider them and then to say, does this idea add to my perspective? Do I agree with this? Does this resonate with my truth and allow, and I'm constantly wanting to evolve my perspective. I'm constantly looking for, um, other spiritual teachers and scientific facts that I can add to this database so that my perspective can grow and grow and grow. And then I'm here to share that perspective and to let other people see how it is that I see the world. So this is so important to know because even if you have this defined like I do, that sympathy of how other people see the world is crucial. It's so important to say, this is my truth. I own it. I develop it, I believe in it, I share it with the world, I let people take it in, and I also respect the fact that other people might have a different view and that that view is true for them. And I can understand their viewpoint and I can even consider it and see, compare it, compare and contrast with my own viewpoint. And so even though you have like this closed mind, there's still this way that you can be open-minded with that sympathy. You're opening up that, you know, those two minds coming together and meeting instead of having this harsh defense mechanism when other people have different viewpoints than you. So that is a thing that we're seeing a lot, you know, on the internet, like people trolling. If you have one perspective and someone else has the other perspective, then it's instantly an attack. And like, you're not able to be open. And if someone questions your perspective or your beliefs or your ideas, then you feel like you're being personally attacked and you need to like put up those walls. That is so unhealthy. And you know, the the beautiful thing here is that we all get to have our own viewpoints, even people with an undefined Ajna. They have their own viewpoint that is very expansive, that's taking in everyone around them and still having that discernment. Yes. So there's a difference between having sympathy and having discernment, right? So having this undefined, like I do, I can see everybody else's perspectives. I can literally think how they think about something when I'm around them. Um, and I can I can know, okay, this is how Dana's thinking about this, and this is how Emma's thinking about this, and this is how Brian is, and all the people in my life, I can see through their perspective, and then I can have discernment to say, this is the healthiest right now. This is the, what's needed to help us all in this project right now. Um, that discernment is important, but that doesn't mean that, you know, Dana having this defined doesn't have sympathy to know that everybody's perspectives might be different than hers. Um, I kind of like to think of, you know, if you have a defined mind, think of, you know, a painting on a canvas that you're painting and you have this, you know, 
this beautiful ongoing thing that you're painting on the canvas and you can say, you know, okay, here's orange. Do I want to put orange on this canvas? No, here's green. Green actually, yeah, I do want to paint it on this canvas today. Um, and here's purple. Nope, I don't want it. Put it, cast it aside. And that is really the healthiest way to say, I know purple's out there. Purple's not bad. It's just, I don't want it on my canvas right now. And that's really healthy. Whereas somebody who has an undefined mind, they kind of have a mind that is a canvas that is white and um, almost like you can think of watercolors where you're putting a watercolor on there and you can put a lot of water on there and it literally goes back to clear mm. or you can put or a like really an bold... etch a sketch pad that you yeah. sketch it every person you turn the knob and you sketch it at whatever way and then you can shake it at the end of the day yeah that's a great that's a great <laughs> example it is like that because but I mean I still remember all of the different perspectives that I've held. Mm -hmm. I just don't hold my, I don't feel a responsibility to hold myself to them. Mm -hmm. You know, I forever, feel forever. It's like yeah. in this moment, I have this beautiful wisdom and discernment. That's amazing. And also I can let it go and see, okay, let's keep moving. And what new yeah. ideas are out there that I can take in. Whereas you're building this masterpiece. So it's like, this is my opinion. So if I said, you know, I'm more careful about saying my opinion because I'm building this canvas. Whereas I can literally feel like half the time, oh yeah, I said that, but that was like six months ago. Like that's not like, that means nothing. <laughs> um, because I know that my opinion changes all the time. And my, my mind, um, my mind observes things all the time. You know, I can observe and say, yeah, this is horrible and this is bad. And people who think like this, it's not healthy. It's not helpful. Um, and then the next day feel zero pressure about that. I, I don't feel bad about it. I don't feel good about it. I feel nothing about it. It's like, yeah, that was just my opinion. That's just what I, the discernment that I had yesterday. And today my discernment is this. And that's really healthy is to let that kind of, um, dilute. I like to think of diluting because that color can stay on your canvas for a while and then it can get more diluted and more diluted over time through all the perspectives that you're seeing. And then it can change to a completely different color and it can still have remnants of the old color there, you know? So I don't know if that example even freaking makes sense, but it does in my mind because I do feel like that's what my mind feels like. And this is an area that is so important because we're so taught to make decisions from our mind. And this is where, you know, if you have an open mind or a defined mind, um, you're, it, you, but especially an open mind and your opinion changes with your discernment and, and you make a decision with your mind, that's when you can feel like, did I make the right decision? Or was I just around a lot of people that were on board with this and I could see that this was good and they thought it was smart. And so I thought it was smart, but was it right for me? That's where you have that regret or that self-doubt um, come into play. And that's because your mind is not here to make your decisions. And if you've listened to any other podcasts on this freaking show, you know <laughs> that we literally say this every single time. Your mind is not here to make your decisions. Your authority is. So- mm. Um, this is where, you know, undefined Ajna, you have empathy. You're feeling other people's perspectives. Defined Ajna, you have sympathy where you're building your canvas. You have no judgment like, 
I don't hate purple. I just don't want it on my, my canvas today. So, um, yeah, hopefully this all makes sense. I know this episode has been a lot of random tangents, but <laughs> you know, I think that's just kind of like our style now <laughs> with, <laughs> with COVID. It's like, I saw something recently that was like, do you feel that COVID has affected your personality long term? And it was this woman who was like hissing like in the background. <laughs> and it's true. I do feel like less fucks are given in yeah. general. <laughs> which is a great. Lot of things, That's which is a great. gift that comes from this time. I know. And Brian and I were just talking about this this morning. You know, we, we just finished our life insurance and, um, you know, with COVID, before COVID, to do your life insurance, at least with the company that we're going through, um, you had to be in person signing the documents, like wet signature. That's the only way they did it ever. Like, that's like, why do you like, do it that way? I don't because like Because that's how we do it. Like, you, I thought that was like a law or something with anything like that, where it's like, you need a wet signature. I thought it was a law that you had to have that. And really, it's just that's just how it's always been done. And so that's the rules and like, don't question it. Nobody does whatever. Right. And so now with COVID, they send it to you for an electronic signature and their electronic signature system isn't like, hasn't worked out all the kinks because it's so new. So it didn't work. And then they had to mail something and then he has to scan it in and blah, blah, blah. And I was just saying like, that's an example of something that was so not needed that they just forced to be needed before COVID and COVID's literally making us all not give a fuck. Like, Oh, you know what? Yeah. We're just going to change this rule because like, I don't really effing care and I don't want to see you and wear a mask. So like, yeah, just, just sign, just type your name on a random form. And like, that's the equivalent as a wet signature in person that we used to make you do a year ago. Like it's just crazy to me, but that is the gift of COVID. It's like letting us ease up on all the things that don't matter that we, for some reason, really thought they did that were just so inconvenient okay first of all the word wet signature is gross and i hate hearing <laughs> that word second of all you're so right like the things that were inefficient but we were just holding on to them because we're like this is how the system works this is how the structure works so we're just doing it and we're not allowing it to be to make progress and to make this more efficient like better for everyone involved because we're holding on to our rules and it's like we're seeing those things just fly out the window like anything that's not efficient anything that sucked that we used to make ourselves do like we're moving in towards this this era of things being easier and like us having more freedom and not feeling like we need to work so hard to like, you know, for what reason? Just because we are taught and conditioned that working really hard and being super stressed is good and like making things difficult, like that's being an adult. Like, uh, F that. Being an adult is doing whatever you want, wearing sweatpants whenever you want, eating whatever food you want and getting a cute little tiny puppy if you want to because you're like, I'm an adult. <laughs> And my other point to that, the second side of this coin, was that COVID has like, you know, a year now at this point has turned us all into freaking weirdos that live in our pajamas and don't know how to be social. Like I mentioned, we went to lunch with our friends yesterday and literally, no exaggeration, last night I felt almost hungover from seeing them like we bear like I think I had one beer not even drinking and I felt like 
we went to a rager and I was so tired. My <laughs> body was sore. I was so exhausted. And I was like, oh my gosh, I just need a nap. And also obviously having awareness. I have open centers. I was taking people in and that was theirs. And this was mine and blah, blah, blah. All the shit that we've talked about on this whole podcast. Um, I didn't feel like I needed to protect myself from them, but I did feel like, wow, I have not been around people for a year. And <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready to move back to that level of seeing people. And it made me question, you know, was I seeing people as frequently as I was before? Because that's what I thought was normal. And so I was somehow pressuring myself to live up to that standard. And I was conditioned that you see, you have to have a social life and you have to go out and you have to, you know, get drinks with friends and you have to see people all the freaking time. Was I doing that because I actually wanted to? And it was, you know, my authority was leading me there. Was I doing that because I was conditioned to think that that's what was normal. And so my body was so used to that. Um, And so what I'm, thinking now or what I'm feeling now is that no, like I don't want to see people all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously with two, four, I need the balance, but. And anyways, your single definition. Yeah, I am. And I, I think am. that's huge because I'm triple split definition. I need to see people and I feel the exact opposite. I feel like I, it's not healthy for me to never see anyone the way that I have been. Totally. And it depends on your environment, right? Like I'm mountains passive. So I want to be in my mountain retreat far away Away from from people. people. And you're single definition. And I'm single definition. And I'm a two, four. Yeah. Um, And I'm a projector with only two centers defined, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that, but, but before COVID, I had plans every single weekend, seeing Brian's family, seeing friends, doing this project, working on this thing with this person. Um, and I remember saying to Brian back then, like, you know, we never have weekends to just do nothing. And now with, you know, COVID, I feel like, wow, we haven't had a weekend that we had anything planned in so long. Like I'm over it. But then I do one thing yesterday, (laughs) (laughs) totally run over. So anyways, cool. Glad I shared that story. (laughs) Um, (laughs) don't know what the point is. I'm sure that everyone can relate at this point year into a pandemic that, that is exhausting in and of itself. And Dana, you said something to me earlier this week, which was, you know, whatever it is that you're going through or doing or experiencing, like you are doing a great job um, because yes. we've all been through this kind of ringer of being completely thrown out of what was normal to us, our normal routines and being completely, you know, not having any certainty in our day-to-day lives. And we've gone from like certainty as shit of, I know what I'm doing every single day um, to the rules could change tomorrow. The rules could change next week. Nothing is certain. Um, So I just want everyone to just be able to take a a moment right now and just (sighs) be okay Mm -hmm. and give yourself some credit because credit is due You are alive. You are breathing. You have the time to listen to a podcast right now. Mm -hmm. You are blessed. Yeah. And And you're choosing to listen to a podcast that's, you know, improving your life or developing your (laughs) life in some way. Hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, like, really, I think that that's something that I've been seeing from people. Like, I just don't know if things are happening for me. Like, I don't know if I'm moving fast enough. Like, I don't know if I'm doing okay. And it's like, you're doing great. 
honestly, with the situation that's at hand, you're doing great. So definitely, if you made it to the end of this ramble, give yourself really good. (laughs) (laughs) And as always, we love we love connecting with you guys. We love reading all of your comments on our Instagram post. So please follow us there if you haven't already at Day Luna. Also, if you if you guys love this uh, podcast and want to support us, we invite you to leave a review for us in the section in the in the review section. Um, If you want to connect with our readings or with any of our other offerings, you can do so at our website, daylunalife.com. That's where you can check out our video courses for the energy type masterclasses. That's where you can book a reading with us one-on-one live. That's where you can order a human design box so that you can continue this support for yourself, continue that celebration of beauty in your self-discovery journey. Um, And thank you guys so much for being here with us. We honestly have been so inspired by like so inspired by all of you guys. This whole last week, I felt like I had to cry 10 times because I just felt like we are so lucky to be connected to this community. You guys are amazing and you are constantly giving us food for thought and new wisdoms to think about. We're constantly learning from your perspective. Literally half of this episode we wanted to do because of things that you guys have shared with us. And can I just say that one of our clients this week said that her granddaughter is a reflector and so she bought a parenting cheat sheet for herself because she wanted to make sure that she was in the most alignment for her granddaughter reflecting back so she could support her the most yes that is moved me yes (laughs) snap 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 snaps for that yes 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 so you guys enjoy the rest of your week give yourself credit and we are through this mercury mercury shadow thank god and (laughs) we love you guys and please stay connected and enjoy the rest of your week